0: Hello, listeners! Welcome back to Fables Around the Table. You've landed on episode 0 for our season Brass, where we are playing Rebels of the Outlaw Waste. Rebels was written by Megal Addison and Banana Chan and published by Nerdy Pup Games and will be kickstarting on October 4th. Rebels of the Outlaw Waste is a gonzo adventure role-playing game about identity, heroism, and rebellion. You and your friends recreate exciting stories about a band of rebels, misfits, outlaws, mutants, and other weirdos that fight to liberate a retro dystopia from the crushing heel of the tyrants that rule it. As rebels, players' job is to cause trouble to the powers that be, kick ass with friendship, whoop-ass, and explosions, inspire the downtrodden to resist their masters and seek answers to their burning questions. Uh, now let me have my wonderful cast introduce themselves. Who would like to go first?
1: Everybody Nick at would. once. <laughs> Nick would like to go first. Sure.
2: I like talking about <laughs> myself. Hi, I'm Nick Urusiva. Uh If you've listened to other things on Project Derailed,
1: you probably know who I am.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, of course, the DM of uh, Tales of the Voidfarer, and um, I've been on a bunch of other Fable seasons.
0: No, no, not going to cite any of them, just other seasons. <laughs>
2: Pick one and find out.
3: <laughs> so we no, I've people. been on
2: Curse and Lost and Firelight and... Yeah. The,
0: the good ones.
2: The good ones. No, <laughs> no, no, no,
1: no. They're all good ones. They're all, all good, good ones. ones. That's true.
2: <laughs> uh, probably other, uh, at least one other that I'm forgetting. I don't know. Checks out. They all blur together.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe some other ones coming up.
2: And some me- like this one. Like,
1: like this yeah. one. <laughs>
2: yeah, But no, we also have some other secret stuff in the works. I guess I can go next.
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Maeve. I, I am a newbie here. I use she, her pronouns. And um, this is my first time with Derailed, but I do a lot of games over on Third Floor Wars which is a really cool podcast. My friend Craig, um, he does a podcast for like gaming and interviewing designers and things like that. And then we do streaming on Twitch of different games. I've been in a couple of Call of Cthulhu games, Um, currently doing babies and broadswords, which is a hilarious game. Um, I've got my own channel, but we're still working on it. So um, you'll have to get back to me on that. Mostly you can just find me annoying everyone on the derailed discord channel.
0: Maeve is like
1: the most experienced out of all of us, so it's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess it's me now. There's no one else to go. <laughs> um, else to go. <laughs> um, hi, I am Fiona LF Kelly. Um I am on this podcast a lot. Um I have been in I think every season except she. Um So, of course, you should go listen to she so you don't have to hear me talk. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, I I, I am involved in every season in some capacity, whether it be in front of the mic or behind the mic, um, because I loosely run this podcast, but. All, the, all sorts of people make it happen, so I always feel a little weird saying that. Um, <laughs> I'm also on Tales of the Voidfarer, which is another Project Derailed podcast. That one is a and d 5th edition Spelljammer. Are we saying Spelljammer-inspired jammer anymore because Spelljammer is like real now? Spelljammer is
2: real, know. but it's based off of the 2nd edition version.
1: Yeah. As of yet. So. Okay. So if it that means matter. anything to you, that <laughs> that's that one that way. Is half one. A dozen another area. Really. Yeah, skill jam or something or other. Um, I am on that podcast as well as well as other podcasts that we have on this network that may or may not be active. Um, I also write stuff and i am on our Discord posting pictures of my cat usually. So yeah, that's me. Um, my pronouns are she, her, and you can find me at Fiona LF Kelly on whatever social media or just whatever socials we have for like the show or Project Derailed.
2: And that's a good point. My my pronouns are he, him, and I'm at, at Nick underscore URSEVA on Twitter.
0: It's almost like we're all terminally online. <laughs>
1: yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs>
2: just creating content on the internet, living on the internet, sleeping on the internet.
1: We are <laughs> the
0: internet, <laughs> um, and I'm Chelsea Rexinger. If you listened to last season, you'll know me. I am—I was GMing last season. I am GMing this season. Um, I am art director for Project Derailed. You've heard my voice a lot on also various fable seasons. Um, and if you follow our Twitter or any of our socials, I do the social art. So if you like that, cool. It's so um, good. <laughs> Other than that, the only thing I have to plug is that if you like candles, I can hook you up. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I'm co-owner of Plot Kindling Candles, a candle company that turns your uh, tabletop role-playing characters into scented candles so that you can remember them forever. Uh, if you go to etsy.com shop slash Plot Kindling Candles, uh, we can start hooking you up with making your own custom character candle today. Yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, very often I end up making candles based on our, our fables characters and they always end up turning out to be some of my
1: favorite ones to do. Nice. Ooh, like a nice, like, a uh, desert-like, you know, steampunk candle would be Ooh. pretty dope, I feel like. Well, spoilers, Fiona. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> Getting ahead of if, myself. You
0: have to bleep that part out. <laughs> We're not there yet. <laughs> um, But that is a good transition. Uh, part of the cool thing about Rebels of the Outlaw Waste is that... um. It's a, like, post-apocalyptic dystopian game, but those can look like, you know, anything. So, part of the, like, setup for this game is to sit down and sort of discuss what you want that world to look like. And there's actually a world-building worksheet that you need to fill out together to decide, you know, what kind of area are you in? What kind of disaster happened? Who are the bad guys? And that kind of stuff. Um... And off mic, we talked about this just a little bit so that we were all sort of on the same page of what direction we wanted to go into. Um, We've sort of decided on that we wanted to do a a desert type tank girl sort of uh, inspired kind of world, but with a steampunk flair to it. Um, So why don't we go through our world building sheet and fill out some of the stuff that we haven't quite gotten to yet? Um, the first section is about the crash, so the big disaster that that caused the world as we people once knew it to end and created the new world. We've sort of this discussed because we wanted to do sort of this steampunk aesthetic to the game that we wanted the crash to happen in Victorian kind of times, um, and that before the crash we had this vast um, steampunk technology. Um, but. Something I think we we need to discuss and that will really add a, you know, flavor and detail to the world are the last two questions. Um, What do the people who live now and survivors of the crash, the big disaster, what do they remember about the before times, the old world? And you may answer however you want. This is up
3: to all of you. I think they remember oceans. I think oceans bodies of water like you know there's almost like a nostalgia for for that sort mm. of like you know um big ships and things like that that uh sort of like they hold on to yeah
1: Ooh, I like that a lot
2: and there could almost be like a like legendary status like just like the golden age of sail uh which would have been right before the crash if we did the victorian uh you know the the hundred or hundred couple years, you know, uh, the almost like these legendary heroes that used to sail the sea.
0: Mm, yeah. I like that,
2: especially really if the seas neat. are gone now.
0: Right. Yeah. I I guess that is something I should have explained um, for our friends who are listening who have not seen Tank Girl, since that's sort of where we're we're pulling, or at least me as the the GM is pulling a lot of my inspiration from. Um, this is a world where water is very rare and very sparse. Um, so having these big nostalgic memories of the ocean is like very, very good. I really like it. <laughs> I,
2: I do also have to point out the, the kind of cool mashup of that idea where water is now scarce, but it's still like a steampunk world. Uh-huh. Cause like steam technology is all water-based, you know? right? It's cool.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, So our our survivors are nostalgic about about the oceans. What relic has survived from before the crash that is now a mystery?
1: Ooh, kind of thinking about, like, Maeve's suggestion. I was thinking maybe something like, like either like sea creature like based or maybe like a submarine or something would be cool. This like vehicle that, you know, can't like doesn't have like wheels or anything. Oh, yeah,
0: just like like boats in general.
1: Yeah, if, yeah. If the
0: land is all sort of like sandy and desert. How does this this giant vessel move without right. wheels? Right.
1: Right.
2: It could be. Wasn't there like an actual like iron side ship that was like famous during like the civil war. It was like one of the first of its kind, but it would be something that like would survive that time. And it's like a wooden more of like a wooden base ship, but it has all this metal built on it and stuff. And it would probably just this thing sitting in the middle of what used to be the ocean just in the middle of land probably would be mind boggling To anyone to like, how did it work? Because people may not even understand how buoyancy works anymore.
3: Yeah. Okay. So, real world um, analogy. Do you guys know (laughs) what the Aral Sea is? In basically near Kazakhstan, there's this. There used to be this huge inland sea called the Aral Sea, Um, and up north in Kazakhstan, they built a uh, dam. And it has slowly eroded the the Aral sea to where it's nothing. And there are these villages that used to be seaside villages with, like, canning operations and all of that sort of thing that are now empty desert salt flats. Because, of course, you know, there's so much salt and there's so many chemicals that are now spreading in the air. It actually kind of makes some people sick sometimes. But it also the Aral Sea has these, like huge expanses of shipyard or like where ships used to to sail that is now just abandoned hulks of ships
2: i'm looking at photos now it looks super cool hold on i'll show one.
3: i thought thought that would be really cool to do like um as a uh sorry my brain is not working um <laughs> still have the covid buzz um <laughs> Uh, you know but it would work like maybe the people like live in these wrecks like these hulks of ships and stuff like maybe like society is sort of based around these like places where there used to be water and now there's just these tanker things that they don't understand anymore
1: right yeah
3: yeah that's really cool
1: it
0: uh this is a dumb joke but it really gives another meaning to houseboat huh (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah i think that's that's a really really cool source of inspiration that i think fits this vibe perfect
0: yeah oh my gosh amazing i love it um and with that i think that that transitions into sort of the next sort of world building thing we need to talk about um We've sort of decided that we wanted the, the waste to be this desert kind of area. But I, I want each of you to come up with a strange kind of like feature about how the deserts work or, or a cool kind of like way that um, the, the deserts or these like sort of like ruined areas sort of are, are special to our kind of world.
2: Um, one idea that I had that could be cool um is that and this doesn't necessarily need to be like everywhere in the wastes but it could be like areas and it could be something that could like happen in certain at like under certain conditions but what if like now like the the crust you know beneath these this one's former sea is now so dry that even the most minor tectonic movements causes the ground to shatter and split um, so there are expanses of massive ravines that where like basically like the entire plain is uh, kind of shattered into isolated plateaus with these like deep crevices that kind of crisscross them. Kind of pulling inspiration from the shattered plains from the Stormlight Archive series.
0: Interesting. Uh, that makes the area, like, feel more dangerous, I think. mm mm-hmm. um, Like, it's a, a physical representation of how things are still continuously falling apart.
2: Yes, like, almost like the Earth itself is starting to crumble.
0: Yeah.
1: Ooh, interesting, I like um, that. Hmm. I'm trying to think of something, like, almost like... Steampunk or like clockwork or something that would Mm. be like interesting.
2: Ooh, what if kind of springboarding off of that idea, Fiona? What if, um, what if one of the organizations, one of the powers that be, um, have like set up like groundwater mining like installations? Almost they almost resemble like the like the oil like oil mining towers, but they're drilling Mm. for underground water.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, so it's sort of, like, more, like, um, kind of like that, but almost, like, sort of more, like, clockwork style, where you have, like, yeah. the sort of, like, heart going in it, like, turning the gears and stuff, that would be interesting.
2: Yeah, like, these big And then you get, like, big the ticks metal. all the time,
1: too, like, uh-huh. the sort of, like. You know, sort of like a noise reverberating, I guess, through Uh this, like, big open area.
2: (laughs) These big metal rusty contraptions that are constantly ticking away, trying to bore into the earth to find underground water deposits.
1: Yeah.
0: Ooh, I like that, too. I'm already seeing seeing the world come together.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, and we'll see when I come to my character... um, I think that there are these large tunnels, so a lot of like the the fauna and flora of the world to escape has escaped down into like the bedrock where there is like minuscule amounts of water that are sort of pulled up. You know, it's basically what people kind of like that aren't in the valley or aren't directly there, sort of living on is like scraps of water. Um, but what's happened is like you've got these big, huge tunnels made by these like Weird kind of mutant megafauna that sort of like tunnel through, um so like outside of like where people live there there's just these weird, wide chasms and tunnels and things that uh go through the desert, uh, yeah I was just thinking like that could be one of like the dangers of the desert is like you've got to be careful where your uh a place will just collapse and you'll just like fall into a, a monster net, you know
2: yeah, that's cool, and that actually like kind of jives pretty well with the uh the two the two elements that we have previously of like you know the ground kind of splitting into this like shattered plane um in places and then having like uh drilling installations for underground water so like this idea that Mm -hmm. you know um the the ground is breaking up and then there's water deep below the ground that you know some creatures are taking advantage of and then like certain powers are trying to get at
3: mm-hmm.
2: i like that
0: see that that creates a very different image than what i had been imagining at first but i really like it. <laughs> <laughs> um i i like the additional danger it adds i like the implications of it i like i just i you guys are so good. I don't even have to do anything in <laughs> no, this you. game.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> don't, don't tell me that. It'll it'll go to my head, I promise.
1: <laughs> um
0: so next on the agenda, while we're we're building our, our world lore here. Um so there's a function in the game that there is an all powerful voice, which is also what the the GM is referred to in, in this game. Um and this voice is how like the sort of like meta narrative is um given to the player so the voice is the one who is recounting last time on or uh giving information about, you know, the area people are in. Um, and we sort of have to decide what kind of form the voice ought to take in this world um, in terms of steampunk it can be something that comes from a radio or it could come from magic visions or uh, an inexplicable flock of ravens that delivers letters to to the players um, what kind of form do you think would be good for for your, your group of characters.
3: So I kind of have an idea that I've been thinking of because we are doing this sort of steampunk idea. And I think it's cool because we could use, you know, one of Nick's favorite things, which is, you know, voice modulations and things like that. Um, Hell, yeah. It would be really cool if it was like uh, a sort of old-time radio, you know, like, Fox broadcast, like, kind of tinny-sounding um almost like the uh almost like the like uh old uh narrations for like the the 20s pulp radio yeah. radio series yeah yeah and it's like maybe it's just like weird that like there's a narration but we can hear the narration uh
1: uh-huh. you got to us your best like yeah you got to give us your best radio announcer voice chelsea uh <laughs> you don't want that yes, you got to nail that
2: that transatlantic <laughs> you know yeah. radio dialect how, <laughs> like
1: the talking on that, the side of your mouth like uh-huh. you know yeah. that,
2: that fake dialect that was invented just for the radio <laughs> how,
0: how many seasons of fables will it take for people to realize i cannot do multiple voices <laughs> <laughs> um that's I just that.
3: my idea we can we can expand on that if we'd like or, or but you know just so it would fit the the like victorian aesthetic
1: yeah yeah no i think it does too i i think it's really good mm-hmm. yeah i really like that it's almost um, like like i was even thinking because we were talking about like all the metal that's around and stuff it's almost like how you know you can like hear like the sort of like radio wave sound vibration oh, things through like metal that's yeah. such
2: a good idea where the, the yeah. radio frequency is broadcasting on like such a frequency that it actually like gets picked up off of like any metallic surface yeah. So you don't actually need a radio to hear it. That's so cool.
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got Nick really excited there. <laughs> See, and I was just thinking of those like uh, those toothbrush things that used to play uh-huh. the songs. That's that's what I was thinking.
2: Uh-huh. Well, it's like it's like people being able to pick up radio signals like in in with their like retainer with their, or their or their fillings. Stuff, yeah.
3: yeah, I'm down for it. I like it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> amazing i well that
2: that that like inherently lends to the the voice's power because it it does start to feel like it's this like omnipresent voice because you can hear it whenever it broadcasts whether you have a radio or not you know it's cool you're cool fiona please (laughs) you're being nice to me what's wrong
3: (laughs) we haven't had one nicholas
1: nicholas (laughs) <laughs> I'm saving them for the show. This is this is where I'm gonna I'm trying to make a good impression on the listeners. Okay, it's only, <laughs> no, it's behaving. only episode zero. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so and now that we have the space that the characters are going to interact with the most, let's talk about where the bad guys live. <laughs> Ooh. Um, Ooh. So referred to as the valley in this game, this is where, like, the core of civilization sort of lives. um, Or at least where the core of civilization that the government would like to, you, to have you think. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sort of the the backstory that um, we've established before recording is that because the world is lacking in water, there is a um, a a corporation called the Blackwater Preservation Society, or Beeps for short. Um, mm-hmm. After the crash happened and all of the wa- water disappeared from the earth, um, Blackwater was the one who made the most uh, improvements and like sign that they were going to be the ones to get the water back. So the world's government sort of leaned on them. Um, but enough time has passed where they have sort of also become the de facto government because so much power has been given to them.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so we need to think about what kind of like head city this this water generation corporation would. Uh, would have for people to to live in um we we need to choose something that's familiar in the valley um the suggestions on the sheet are a famous landmark um a city or a small town or a fami- or a community that um you guys would know about
2: um so the one thing that i feel like makes the most sense um given that like we're we're going with like the steampunk Victorian type is something that was more like uh, more metric, like big and built up, like a city kind of feels like it makes sense. Um But like not just a city, but like city industrial revolution cranked to 11.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was definitely thinking almost like very, very similar styles and definitely like built. For just efficiency of housing, like the most amount of people who are hopefully going to then like work for you know the big bad corporation and stuff like that. So sort of like um like architecture like lacking a lot of like art to it in favor of this sort of like brutalism,
3: right? Yeah, I imagine those big like smokestack um, warehouses you know like raised uh, railways that like, yeah. go
2: above the street you know to you know ferry people through the city from their yeah. from their home to their job where they work 14 hours a day
0: yeah <laughs> i like that um okay so so keeping with that kind of like forming the the integrity of the city i guess um we also need to choose two strange things that exist in the valley um and the sheep uh recommends they could be a physical barrier like a fence or dome uh old world technology that everybody depends on uh commonly held fear or belief that defies fact and logic um an old world fat uh, artifact or a social compromise that trades freedom for safety
3: hmm I like the idea of the city because we've already talked about these tunnels and things and the drilling and things. I like the idea of the city just occasionally being, like, wrapped by these, like, small tremors. And maybe the beeps, like, uses that to keep the people in control, like, are in the city to be like, oh, you don't want to go outside because, you know, there's these sinkholes and you feel that, you know, how unstable that is. and We provide the stability for you.
2: Yeah. Like, it's almost like they they say, like, the city itself is like, yeah, you feel these tremors, but the only thing that's keeping everything from falling apart is the city around you. Just think how bad it's going to be. And it's almost like that's the city physically, but also, you know, philosophically.
3: Mm -hmm. This is a place that you don't want to live, but you have to live.
2: Mm hmm. It's the only the only safety is like kind of like that the to, to hit on like the the commonly held fear or belief. It's like, you know outside the walls is death.
3: Have you guys ever seen the movie Dark City? No, no, ok. So number one, it is it is on a list of movies you need to see. It's very weird. But the concept of it is it's very like noir, but it's like the city style. Um, place and the city is the only thing they know and there's like these like everybody's like oh well we've been to this beach we've been to this place we've been to this thing but no one's actually been there they just have heard of it and and you know the radio programs broadcast like sunny place here or, or you know something here I don't want to talk too much about it because it will give away everything about it and it's a great movie but, like, I feel like that's kind of a thing that we might see here is, like, th- there might be this, like, convention of, like, oh, yeah, there's a, there's this great place that's outside of the city, you know, that you could get to this sort of promised land place, but no one's actually ever been there. Mm-hmm. And anybody that steps out of the city is a little weird because, like, oh, there's skittish stuff out there. Like,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds, yeah, I think that sounds, like, kind of kind of perfect for what we're talking about.
1: Yeah. yeah 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 and i'll yeah, definitely
2: yeah. have to check out that movie
1: yeah i'm, I'm looking <laughs> oh, at the gosh. wikipedia page um, sutherland jennifer Gunley, richard o'brien william <laughs> <Yes. Hurt>. like <laughs> man i'm like how have i not seen this movie <laughs>
3: yeah, the it's, 90s, yeah. It's, it's kind of one of those 90s hidden gems like nobody um really talks about it anymore which is crazy i want to say that it might have come out at like the same time matrix came out or, or some uh, other like really yeah. big movie, so it buried it
2: right that makes sense and from the from the images i'm seeing it it kind of has a similar aesthetic in and yeah some ways. yeah it's
3: very dark noir
2: yeah
1: yeah i would have been six when this came out so that's why i didn't see it. But <laughs> it sounds really cool I would be on the hush. <laughs>
3: you guys don't have to remind me that I'm like the oldest person on the Discord.
0: <laughs> well, I'm I'm very happy that you all decided to lean into how like secretly, sinisterly evil this place is. Um, yeah, for sure. Because the next thing I'm going to ask you guys to do, um, I I sort of took the liberty of making the the corporation and that kind of stuff. But I need you to make the the head bad guy, or I mean, it can be whatever gender of a person you want. But I need who is the head of Blackwater and what makes them a terrible person.
3: <laughs> I like the idea of keeping the conventions of like we talked about how like they're somewhat obsessed with like the old. Uh, ocean-going ways. So I like the idea that he's a Commodore, that he calls himself a Commodore, even though there's no Navy, no, like, connection. Uh, uh He's just a Commodore. And maybe that's just what he's called, the Commodore. I I
2: like that. I like that as a title. Um, I think aesthetically, um, I think aesthetically, like, it makes sense if, like, we lean, uh, like, kind of go along the lines of, like, the... The first, like, super huge, like, rich capitalists, like, Rockefeller types, you know, like, going that route with this guy. Yeah. Um, Even, like, his name could even be a playoff of, like, one of those, you know, Ford, Carnegie, Rockefeller type sounding names. Uh Uh-huh.
0: A Commodore. Oh, my gosh, I'm obsessed. (laughs) Um... Yeah. What what kind of what, what is one like policy in particular that the Commodore has enforced on the people that has affected even uh even you guys, even though you don't live in the valley?
3: Hmm. That's a good question.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think of something because it's like it's really easy to think of stuff for like the people who live in the live and work in the city under under immediately under his world. But I'm trying to think of like what would affect us out in the wastes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm was um, almost thinking like because it has to be something with like this mining stuff because that's really like his interest out right in like the in like the wastes um and like what comes to mind immediately is just guards like you know like if you get too close you have to like deal with those what if those folks but
2: yeah what if he's like claimed the wastes as his territory so he can like mine it for underground water and then he's imposing things like you know like like there's like patrols and like things like a water tax That you know, the only way really to enforce that out in the waste is stop people and take all their water, (laughs) right? (laughs) (laughs) It's the water tax because you're only allowed a certain amount of water rations a day. So, if you have more than your ration, then they're going to tax you for the difference.
3: So, like, and that just turns into we're just going to take all your water, (laughs) yeah. Similarly, similarly, he doesn't like like people going into the tunnels because then they'll find out, like, you know, whatever their sinister plot is. So, like, you know, they going into the tunnels is is sort of forbidden, but people like my character will do it anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that. Okay, I'm I'm seeing evil Scrooge McDuck, the Commodore, <laughs> sitting at the top of his tower.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and now, and now, Chelsea, you ruined it because now you have to do a Scottish accent for uh-huh. the bad uh-huh. guy.
0: <laughs> See, that's, see, the that's funny, funny part
1: about that is. <laughs> <laughs> just um, like imagining steampunk in Mortanjo. Just... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, hold on. If he's Scrooge McDuck, does that mean he's just diving in an
2: actual pool of water? That's
1: ridiculous.
3: <laughs> yes, he has this cool. That's the most evil thing about him is that in this time period, he has a swimming pool.
1: <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah he oh. totally has a swimming pool this oh. is this is really getting very mad <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cinematic,
3: like if it was like a cinematic uh view in of like let's meet the villain he's like stepping out of this massive pool that like is sitting on this huge like mansion that overlooks like these desert wastes where mm-hmm. there's no water to be found but his one oh, like yeah Cool. And
1: around and around the pool is just like decorative flowers, like, like decorative tropical, troughs. yeah, like so decorative a tropical dune flowers. reference in there too. I yeah. guess. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Do not become addicted to water.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I it's perfect. It's a perfect. It's a perfect setting. I've got no notes. I can't.
2: <laughs> you, ha- you uh, weren't taking notes.
1: I don't need them! It's perfect! I feel it in my bones! We have a recording. The recording's uh-huh. the notes. There you go.
2: It's like, what um, DM doesn't need notes? Uh,
1: Nicole. Yeah. do feel my secrets,
2: Nick? Me, me. It's me. I don't...
3: I don't yeah. When Chelsea and Fiona approached me about playing this game, I had already been talking to Michael on his Discord and, and doing things about it and running things for the playtest, so I was... So excited! Tank Girl is one of my favorite comics. It's one of my, even the movie, which is so far off what Tank Girl is, but is fantastic. Like uh-huh. everything about <laughs> it, so mm-hmm. I was like, "Uh, yes, I'll do this." <laughs> yeah. Well, this
2: came about because uh, I met Michael at Origins, and I actually played this game. He ran this game for for me and my group, and it was a lot of fun. So, uh, that's that's when the idea to do it as a fable came about.
0: Now that we have the world kind of figured out, we've got our our big big bad guy player. Um, I think now it's important that you introduce your character so we know who uh, is fighting against the powers that be. Hell yeah! Uh, and you may go in or- any order you wish. Nick's first, <laughs> <laughs> or we bully Nick into going first.
3: I can go first, Nick, if you want.
2: <laughs>
3: you, you can go ahead, <laughs> I'm literally so excited about this character yeah, go anyway. Ahead.
2: Go ahead. All
3: right. So her name is Shelly, and her name is Molo, because Shelly is either a human mutant that looks like an armadillo or an armadillo that has been turned into a human. She doesn't know. She's not sure where she came from. She just knows that she grew up in the desert wastes, um, and, and and she looks like, um, she has very armadillo face, so like, um, she has this long extended uh, snout. She's got these giant claw hands. Um, she has these, it looks like braids of hair that like come from, start at like right above her eyebrows and then just like flow down across her back and turn into like a shell basically. Like they're almost like armored braids um she is our dead eye is her calling so um like if you imagine if you can imagine her she is like this cowboy looking got a clockwork rifle loves to dig um and uh her looks because that's one of the the great things about this game is her looks are a mix between cowboy and cute so i believe that she has almost like lisa frank style stickers on her weapons and her pouches and and things like that. Like, she's very... uh, She very much much mixes this style of, like, dangerous game hunter and, like, cutesy teenage girl at the same time. Um, She has... Her animal features are claws, keen hearing, burrowing, and a carapace. Um, And her drive is just to find a family. Like, she's looking for a find a found family. Um, she's always grown up on her own. She's always explored the tunnels and hunted the game in the wastes. And, and I think maybe that's her connection to the valley, is that she occasionally brings much-needed, like, different food to the people in the valley. Of course, the beeps probably really don't like that. But, um, you know, she gets away with it. So... Um, that's that's how i'm seeing that's how i'm seeing shelly she is she's very brash she's very loud talking um she's easily startled because she's an armadillo she's very easily startled and she loves to sleep in the dirt nice
1: i love her
0: (laughs) (laughs) amazing i'm so excited to uh see her her
1: start doing stuff oh my gosh
3: (laughs) (laughs) next turn (laughs) Because Fiona isn't going to budge? Okay.
1: Well, the cat started meowing, so, you know. Oh,
2: blame Dora. I get it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm going to be playing Professor Tobias Ledbetter. Um, He uh, is a... uh, My calling is bookworm. um, And uh, his background is a robot. Um, He looks like a... Um, you know, humanoid, uh, robot, uh, probably, you know, um, just, uh, well, over six foot tall with his top hat, which is built into his head. Um, everything made out of mishmash, uh, plates of metal, um, uh, with, uh, clockwork interior and steam-powered interior. Um, he has a large monocle and, uh, a metallic mustache built into his face. Um, and his, uh his like upper body um the metal plating just resembles a vest and cravat um but wherever there wouldn't be a vest is just open uh, interior and um uh, he is of course a human who is trying his best to um fashion himself the perfect artificial body to eventually transfer his intelligence into um because that obviously has not happened yet Otherwise, you know, why would I be here? Uh, he obviously has some problems with his memory. <laughs> so uh, his drive is actually 404 not found. i looking for uh, data missing from my memory um, because he's a little bit confused. <laughs> so my look is uh, steampunk professor, uh, which are two looks that I uh, made up <laughs> because that's what he is.
0: <laughs> I love it. I, I- God, I'm a sucker for a robot character. God. Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) not you who's played a couple.
1: Yeah, no, not me, (laughs) never. uh... (laughs) Chelsea doesn't like robots. It's well known. (laughs) Yeah, definitely Um, not.
2: (laughs) Oh, and uh, one thing I wanted to touch on, because we didn't touch on it when we were doing the valley prompts. Um one of the thing like we we picked a city for the thing but this specifically says a city one of you has visited and if no one else wanted to take that i think it makes a lot of sense that my character would have been there at some point or come from there he's not entirely sure
0: Yeah that makes no sense
2: So
1: yeah
0: okay Fiona no more stalling tell us tell us about your person
1: All right <laughs> um so my person I'm sorry. I really do have a cat who chooses the worst times <laughs> to start trying to walk across the keyboard. Um, so I am playing an outlaw of the titular outlaw wastes. Um, my character, she's called Wilder. Um, she uses she/her pronouns, um, and uh, she is um, she uh, she's a human, um, actually a human, and not a robot or um partially animal um but you wouldn't really know it because she is covered up basically all the time um she's made sort of like a suit of armor uh with things that she has scavenged um from the waste so different parts of like um well i was i was originally thinking cars but i guess that ships and and such would make Mm. more sense things that have been left in this uh former oceanic area or um, or just you know piece of clockwork just about anything she can find um, her look is sort of a mix of cowboy and junkyard so she has kind of like the um, kind of like you know a poncho to cover up and, and such too um, but her face especially is uh, almost always covered um, because she's an outlaw and she doesn't want people to know who she is and also it's kind of You know, it's kind of like her thing. It's kind of like how people know her. This is the Um, one. Yeah. Yeah. I realized (laughs) after I made her that that I was a little bit doing the Mandalorian, but that's okay.
2: (laughs) It's an homage. It's
1: an homage. Exactly. Um, Uh, Yeah. Uh, She has a revolver that she she shoots people with and uh, she does illegal things. Illegal things. Illegal things. And uh her glittering like Huh?
3: <laughs> like glittering.
1: Like <laughs> littering. She is she is reusing. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh I think that you know how I'm imagining Wilder is um she also kind of doesn't fully know like where she comes from. Um she's just sort of always lived this sort of like vagrant outlaw life. Um, and has, you know, been a part of, like, different groups uh, throughout her life. And now she's with this one. Um, but I think that right now her main concern is just, like, you know, she has this, like, very, like, survival-based instinct of, like, I'm really just trying to get by here. So her drive is, uh, is anything worth as much as money to me? Like, could anything be more than just, like, taking jobs? Nice.
2: Nice. We all yeah, have I mysterious mysterious
1: pasts. We do. I feel like that's like only fitting. <laughs> right, right.
2: Oh, I forgot to mention uh Tobias's pronouns are he they. Yes. Okay. And
3: Shelley's are she her.
0: Good, 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 good. Um, so I'm a fan of each of these characters individually, but I must know how are they together as a squad. Um one thing you do after you make your characters is pick a squad concept for the way that all of the characters sort of fit together and that is what i need you to do now
2: would one Um, say this is a squad goal
0: it is in fact a squad goal (laughs) (laughs) nicholas
2: i'll see myself Um,
0: out (laughs) if you if you go to page 12 in the pdf there is the the list of examples um Some examples include uh, coming together to form a community. You can all be a group of fugitives or mercenaries. Uh, You could be escaped prisoners or pilgrims. Or you could just happen to be at the wrong place at the right time. Uh, But I will let you guys decide how you want to do that.
2: I'm personally gravitating towards either fugitive or wrong place, right time.
1: Those were two I also had in mind. I also liked mercenaries, but I wasn't sure how much that linked up with what other people were thinking.
2: Yeah. Mercenary wouldn't be so much mine unless it was like, there's a reason other than fighting. Yeah. To be like,
3: why I would be there.
1: Yeah. I think
3: fugitive. I mean, I don't fugitive sounds like it fit for, um, Mine and and Fiona's, but not quite so much for Nick's. I don't know. So is there I, a reason your guy is running away?
2: I I think so. Well, so um, my thought. So one of the things, like Fiona gave, uh, or not Fiona. Who who who's on this podcast? Uh, Chelsea. <laughs> uh, <I'm> Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Chelsea gave us the the description of uh the the corporation and stuff, um and. Because like my character concept happened to be pretty similar to elements of what they were doing. So um, I think it stands to reason that because my technology that I incorporate and use um, is very similar to uh, the the beeps uh, technology that I could be wanted by them for reasons that I'm not even 100 percent sure. Okay. So either my technology may have originated from them or um you know they they are stole my technology or vice versa or whatever. Um I don't actually remember um but I do know that uh th- potentially if we choose fugitive that they are after me for some reason.
0: Can I okay. make a suggestion that you you can totally reject? Yeah, go for it. Did did they did they steal you by accident? <laughs> <laughs> they could have
2: <laughs> they could have stolen me on purpose
0: um because something we sort of talked about was that uh Blackwater made automatons as like their soldiers to um to 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 enforce things, and how like extra sinister it would be because they would be steampunk and so these man made machines would also run on water mm-hmm. uh. Maybe they thought you were one of the the uh, the other soldiers, and they were like, "Yeah, that one looks good.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, my thought is is that I don't actually look like my, my overall appearance does not actually resemble the the right. automatons that they make. like I'm clearly I, like I use the same technology, but I was not built by the same people right. um so like if it was a a a case of mistaken identity i don't see that being the case but i do see them maybe wanting me because like why would they want a rogue one of their things running about um Uh or it could be that you know i was built with stolen technology or that um you know maybe there's information hidden away in my brain that is damaging to them that I don't actually, am aware of yet. Like uh, there's, I, I've intentionally put lots of question marks in my own memory for you right. to play with Chelsea. Yes, mahala. <laughs> <laughs> have fun. Absolutely. The more fun you have with those, the more fun I'll have.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, but I think it's safe to say that um, I can easily be a fugitive of um, of Blackwater.
0: Okay, so, ever, so if everybody likes that, that's that's cool. You do not have to take my suggestions. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, like Fugitives.
2: Yeah, fugitive was the one I was leaning towards, um, even over the two I suggested. So,
3: yeah, because I think I have this idea with Shelley that um, while traversing through the tunnels, she came across something that like she wasn't supposed to see, but she doesn't understand why she wasn't supposed to see it you know what i mean like like there was something there were guards she was there it didn't make sense to her guards were mad she had to run away
0: okay mm-hmm. yeah i think i think it is all coming together
2: <laughs> it's <laughs> all, all coming, coming together. <laughs>
0: together um so that is our world created our characters described i think all that's left now to do is to sit down and play the game.
2: Let's do it. I'm ready. (laughs)
0: Let's
2: go. You have the whole Uh, thing prepped already, right, Chelsea?
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, um, (laughs) I'm so ready. ready. I'm so excited too. Uh, Listeners, please join us next time as we start our actual play of Rebels of the Outlaw Waste in Fables Around the Table, Brass.
1: Let's go! Yay! Be sure to support the Kickstarter! Yeah!
0: Why do you want to be a hero?
3: Yeah,
1: she's gonna sort of, like, uh, drop down out of the sky and try to kick him, like, you know, square in the chest.
0: Look, I don't know what you're fucking trying to do here, but I don't make deals with enemies who put grenades in a box like they're the $5 movie bin.
2: Release, mystery. Or you all will be the ones that are extinct. I don't know if I can have an honest conversation with Royale as a corgi.
0: You're right, it's fucking not funny.
2: I mean, literally no one would find this funny. Remix, use the dragon filter, that would make it funny. It's just like man standing emoji.
0: Just T-posing in the corner. (laughs) Who is your contact? Benchmark.
2: Who? Hey, I just need Buzznest for like one minute. And then you guys can go back to whatever you were doing. Check out season two of Cape Chronicles starting Wednesday, October 5th, every first and third Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. File folders contain important information.
3: Didn't know at all, the people.
2: That was crazy. Holy fuck, Mike Mitchell. Well, I, I I don't know how how like how much you guys really do love bare naked ladies. Justin McElroy. Grab your tongue. Grab your tongue and I want you to say Our born tongue. on a pirate ship. Bum well, You were born on a pilot shit and many more. So check it out. But also if you don't like bare naked ladies, we talk about them probably like a third of the time. So uh, yes. That's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We could make a board game about it. Back on Twirl,
3: I was a nobody. I got teleported out here, and here I'm something. I'm somebody.
2: The Voidfarer begins maneuvering towards this 200 meter long space whale. Damn, the one of these, you need grit. Is that something you have?
1: I'm a tiny little guy. Of course I got grit. If you tried anything, it would end very poorly for you.
2: This alithid dreadnought warps away, accelerating to spell jamming speed as quickly as they arrive. Who
1: the (laughs) fuck? What am I trying to say here, Ravnus? That we're crew. I like that. We're crew. That is a natural one.
2: (sighs) You sent yourself sailing out the side of the ship, untethered. Oh, I'm putting a python into the ground. I'm wrapping my rope around it, and I'm jumping into the gravity well. No. A gnome, a halfling, and a half-warp walk into a bar. I forget the middle part, but the punchline is feathers everywhere, and that's not my peanut butter. I cast Tasha's his laughter. <laughs> Climb aboard for Tales of the Voidfarer, wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: Oh, my consequences have actions. Wait, <laughs> wait, uh, wait. Other way wait. Around. wait. Project